Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. And our reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, 
Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me to complete his work. Do you not say four months more than comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We today are going with Jesus to the well. And not just any well, but a well in a Samaritan city. We begin today's reading with a worn out Jesus stopping at a well. And this well is near a plot of ground Jacob had given to Joseph, a shared heritage between the Israelites and the Samaritans. We don't know exactly when the two groups separated, but by the time we get to the well, they are two distinct peoples. The Samaritan woman comes to the well for water, and Jesus asks her to give him a drink. She wants to know why he's asking her, because this isn't something that normally happens. She's most likely surprised that he's asking more than anything, because as a Jewish man, he wouldn't ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water. He wouldn't ask her for much of anything. But he tells her that if she knew who it was she was asking, that she would have asked him for living water instead. We have another misunderstanding here. Much like we did last week with Nicodemus. She doesn't take the figurative meaning, but the literal one. And she wants to know how Jesus is going to draw this water. He doesn't have a bucket, and the well is deep. But Jesus tells her that everyone who drinks the water from the well is going to be thirsty again. But the water that he gives, it will gush up as a spring of eternal life. The woman declares that she would like that water. But I can't help but hear sarcasm in her response. She wants the water so she won't be thirsty and have to lug her jar all the way here to draw water. But it's here the conversation takes a turn. Because Jesus tells her to go and call her husband. She answers that she has no husband. Jesus responds that that's true. She has had five husbands. And the one now is not her husband. That she has spoken truthfully. This gives her pause. 
And she replies that Jesus must be a prophet. So she brings a difference between the Samaritans and the Jews to his attention. Her ancestors worshipped on the mountain, but the Jewish people claim that Jerusalem is the right place to worship. So which is the right place? Jesus tells her that the time is coming where the Father won't be worshipped on the mountain or in Jerusalem, but that the hour is coming when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. More than that, the hour is here. That God is spirit, so those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus is implying that there will no longer be just one place to worship, but that it is about the worshiper worshiping in spirit and truth. The Samaritan woman replies that she knows the Messiah is coming. The anointed, the chosen, the Christ is to come. That he will reveal all things. And Jesus replies that it is him. Or as it can be translated, I am. This is an incredibly important moment in John. And this revelation is made to an incredibly odd choice of audience. This is the first time in John's Gospel that Jesus has publicly proclaimed to be the Messiah. And the first person to hear it is a Samaritan woman. This upends quite a few preconceived notions we might have had walking into this. She isn't Jewish. The declaration isn't made to a man. Not to his closest followers, but to a Samaritan woman who has had five husbands and has come to the well for water. What does this tell us about Jesus? Jesus is choosing somebody unexpected. Jesus is revealing himself to someone that isn't powerful, to someone that is an outsider. And he brings a message of hope. The disciples come back and they are shocked at the fact that Jesus is even talking to this woman. But they keep their astonishment to, their, to themselves. The disciples try to get Jesus to eat, but he says that he is sustained by doing God's will. Where does the woman go? She leaves her jar and goes back to the city. And there she does something nobody else has done. She proclaims the good news of Jesus, the Christ. You might say that this woman is the first person to preach the gospel. Maybe not as a full-fledged believer, but as somebody who has heard good news and wants to share it. Because of her testimony, others leave to go find out more about this man that she is speaking about. They end up asking him to stay, and he does. 
they asked this Jewish teacher to remain in a Samaritan city. And John tells us that many people came to believe in him, all because of one woman's testimony. And we finish our reading with a statement about how effective her ministry was. Because at first they believed because of her word. And now they believe because they heard it for themselves. Now they too know this is the Savior. Because she proclaimed the good news, they found the Christ. It was her message, her witness, that brought them there to the Messiah. Part of what makes this message so extraordinary is the way it upends expectations. One might assume that it is disciples that will be the first to preach about Jesus as the Messiah. Instead, it is this woman making the first public proclamation of the Christ. We might think that Jesus telling her about her own life was the most extraordinary thing that happens. But I think it is the choice of the Samaritan woman who has not lived an easy life but is given this great chance. That Jesus sees her as fit to share this message. To go and share the good news that the Messiah has come. That deliverance is at hand, a Savior is near. And we can see how unexpected it was simply by the reaction the disciples have when they come back. But we see the hope that Jesus has given to her and the hope he has given to these people. Jesus crosses the boundaries that society has put in place to proclaim God's love. I think this is part of what we can apply to our own journey in this season of preparation. This idea that Christ comes in unexpected ways, bringing hope to the least expected. And as we continue to engage with Scripture in this season of preparation, I pray that we are able to look for God in unexpected places. That when we search the Scriptures, that we find new ways that God is revealed to us. That we encounter God in places we haven't seen before. And in that same spirit, when we look at the world, that we may find God in places that we may not have looked before that we see Christ where we may not, may not have expected him, that we pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us to enlighten us and lead us so that we can worship God in spirit and truth wherever we are, that we may find God everywhere so that we can love God everywhere, and that by discovering Christ in those unexpected places, that we prepare our hearts that much more for the unexpected grace that comes through Christ's death and resurrection. And may it open for us that spring of living water, that it may rise up in us, so that we too may testify to the power that it has, and that we too may offer it to those who will hear. Amen.